We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I watch these Lindon games um, just like to have on in the background every single time. And I know like I randomly will blurt out a, a, a name of like an ex Yankee or just like an ex major leaguer that we all forgot about that that's playing uh, today or just like literally right before you hopped on Ethan Starlin Castro was up to bat. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. I remember, I remember he was a big, big deal with the Marlins or with the Cubs. Uh, and then, yeah, I thought, I thought he played pretty well yeah. with the Yanks. I mean, you do that trade a hundred out of a hundred times to get G, but, um, he, he had a decent just, career, I think, didn't he? I think he had a pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. solid. I don't, I don't even know if he's necessarily done in the bigs. Like, right. you know, I think some of these guys, it, it's just, it's like winter ball, you know, <laughs> is just that what extra. It is? is this down in the Dominican? Yes. Uh, what's, uh, 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 isn't there a letter Kenny bit about the Dominican? Uh, like, there oh, is, I'd, go, I'd go down Dominican. Oh, great weather down Dominican <laughs> way or something. Uh, we'll have to... Was that from like the last season? Did you watch no, it? I, I watched it, but that wasn't in there. Yeah. Jeremy yeah, and I just yeah. watched it over the last couple of days when I was in Connecticut. Uh, yeah. So good. Yeah. So sad. I'm sad. I'm real sad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love those guys. Yeah. And I, mi- I told you guys, I missed getting to see them on tour. Uh, they came to Charlotte in April of... 21 it must no 22 um and uh we we had already booked a trip to mexico yeah <laughs> uh you know to uh to go on vacation i was like ah man but uh I, if they tour again I, I would love to see them i don't know if they're like completely done with everything letter kenny yeah um, you know but uh so good same yeah for sure yeah so anyways how are you watching these the, what is it called lind lindon yeah, it's on uh, the MLB that we all share. Oh, it's on the MLB network? No shit. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah, haven't yeah. even logged on there in ages. I didn't even think to. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, you guys, yeah. cool if I re-up the same thing next year. Yep. Yeah, we've, we've just been... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. well, what I do is basically I just... The additional cost from going Yankees only to all the games, I just I split that additional cost to you guys. We can just split the whole thing three ways. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just I'll use one of your Apple TVs at some point. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, Matt, you should also watch. Uh we 
the the latest show we're, we're trying is called trying <laughs> uh that's um the the newest show but like apple tv just slaps with their t- with their shows like shrinking was good. awesome kyle i can't remember if i yeah. texted you when i watched it or not but i like binged it in like two days i fucking loved it yeah yeah i could i could see it every time we we popped it back on that you had fl- flew, flown through the episodes yeah, yeah it was really good <clears throat> Good yeah, stuff, yeah. as always. So, yeah, Ethan, really. t- uh, before we get into our beers, tell us about this uh, little run that you had. I'd, I'd like to know. <laughs> so, well, um, I, I feel guilty because I haven't exercised in like a week because I was in Connecticut for the week and I was I was being a lazy bum and I just got back yesterday. And, um, you know, I, I Yuli and I are trying to get into good habits with our exercise and we've actually been pretty good about playing racket sports. We've been playing paddle ball and, and, and uh, not paddle ball, pickleball, which I think I talked about, right? Did I talk about that? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't oh, think wow. so either. well, we've been playing pickleball the last couple of months. We, we randomly bought a set and decided to start it and it's really fun. It's like, uh, you, the ball you use is a wiffle ball. Um, yeah. yeah and, uh, and it's basically like, you can kind of play tennis without having to worry about all of that fussy technique that you need to actually play tennis. Um, like it's a lot easier to just start playing. Right. And, and you're like, you're like closer in proximity, right. On the court. Yeah. It's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's still, it's like more than like table tennis, right? Like you still, if, mm-hmm. if you're pretty good, you still have to like run around a bit and like go chase after shots and try and make like a really good shot that your uh, opponent can't get and stuff. Like it's really fun. And, um, Hold on. Can you guys hear that? Get what? Okay. I think my email my email was dinging. I don't want to keep listening to that. Oh, my stomach um, was rumbling. I was like... <laughs> no, it was my, my outlook was Stella, my work Stella email. Stella and Ari are both crying in, in the other room. So. <laughs> no, no. Email ding. But yeah, so pickleball is really fun, though. And it's like easy to get into. It's easy to learn and, and everything like that. So highly recommend it. And then racquetball is, is a little harder because you have to like... It's learning the bounces of the ball because all of the surfaces are in play. Matt, you would probably do well with like your physics background or whatever. I think that's kind of what Yulia likes about so it. Is... I played in, in college actually. Oh, um, did you really? We had, uh, we had to do gym credits and that was one of the ones I took was racquetball and racket sports. And then I started playing with a couple guys in the fraternity and we started playing squash. Oh yeah. Oh, squash is nuts. I saw somebody playing that at the gym for the first time the other day. Yeah. Squash is like strategic racquetball. Cause like racquetball, you can just smack the ball right. and let it bounce a gazillion times. Squash, like that ball doesn't bounce. So yeah, it you gotta really, really, you gotta really hit it and you gotta place your shots really well. Um, so you're not running nearly as much as you are on racquetball, but holy shit, is it really hard? Yeah, it was, it looked, it looked hard. It was really fascinating. Um, but yeah, so we've been playing those, but today I was working all day and then we're going to, uh, to this little event after, after the pod. So, so there wasn't much of a window of time. And so we had just a small window when I got home and I was like, okay, you know, Yuli really wanted to exercise. And I was like, all right, do you want to go for a run real fast? And she was like, yes. So we did a, we did a half an hour. The plan was to just be running at like a good pace for a half an hour, but I'm so out of shape. I had to stop a couple of times. Um, but I mean, I still got my heart rate good and up for, for half an hour. Um, so it was, it was definitely, you know, decent little exercise, but, um, oof, my cardio is, is not in good shape. It's also cold out, right? It's like 35 degrees or something. So it like your throat starts to hurt breathing in the cold air and everything, you know? Um, but there you go. That's the story. I went for a run. Cool. Yep. 
You asked. You wanted me to talk about it. Yeah, well, I mean, Matt, we're, Matt and I are just sitting here like, all right, he asked us to do it earlier. Then he pushes it back. Oh, that's what you wanted to talk about. He's not here. <laughs> I thought I was going to be back at like 440, my time, 445, and I was going to be right on. But then it took a couple minutes. I had to go and like get water and I had to get beer and I had to get a snack and I had to get changed and blow my nose. And then by the time I got here, you know, it was, I was like nine minutes late. So blah, blah, blah. I'm a dirty tramp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You're the only person I think who still fucking quotes that. But maybe not. Maybe not. Like, there's maybe there's somebody else out there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that was was that Wedding Crashers or one of the other ones? No, it's uh, um, Adam Sandler. Pretty sure it's Deeds. Yeah, I'm pretty Adam sure it's Sandler. Deeds. Yeah. That's right. It yeah. is Deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the it's the it's the woman from um, um two, two and a half. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yelling at Winona Ryder, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so good. I bet there's like gifts of it or something. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a classic. I haven't seen that in a long time. Toddy and I just watched it recently. We found we uh, just realized that you can get that hoopla or whatever on like your Fire Stick or whatever you have Roku, and like you can rent movies from the library and just watch them. Whoa! Yeah, right on there. What? Yeah, yeah, for free. Holy shit! Yep. This is a game changer. Yep, so as long as you have a library card. Yeah, oh yeah, I got like five library cards. Yep, yep, so you just enter in the information, and we watched Deeds, and we watched uh, Anger Management so far. Oh, that's we, amazing. We, just, we were on an Adam Sandler kick. Yeah. Now we're watching the, uh, it's called Outlaws, it's the new movie on Netflix that Adam Sandler uh, produced, it's with uh, Adam Devine, I think that's that's his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Um, the guy from uh, Workaholics. Right. Um, and everything, so... Yeah, we're we're I guess we're on a Adam Sandler kick for whatever reason right now. Uh huh. Oh, that's fun. Okay, yeah. hoopla. Goose that's, that's a good tip. Classic. Goose. Goose from. <laughs> Amazing yes. that he got Jack Nicholson to do like that, like a super silly movie with him. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, Nicholson well, is like no, this highly whole... decorated dramatic actor with like decades of 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 a goal, you know, amazing career. Yeah. 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 And so the whole I, I'll I'll take it back even more this is how that you know you guys know like one thing connects to another in life and then you know whatever and you look back and you're like okay this is how i got here the whole reason we got on the adam sandler binge is because smartless the podcast with jason bateman sean hayes and uh will arnett had johnny McEnroe on and johnny mac was they, they were they were talking about you know his legendary anger issues and things like that and he goes i'm not proud of it but when you were a guy growing up in my time, like you held that stuff in and the only thing you could do was get mad. Yeah. Like, that was the only way to you know get it all out. Like you didn't go to therapy. You didn't, you know, do all these things that we've talked about and we do uh, to better help ourselves. So I was, just, I was talking to Toddy about it and she's like, I don't know who Johnny McEnroe is. And I was like, how do you not know who Johnny Mac is? Yeah. I was like, he's in Adam Sandler movies. I was like, you know, there's, there's some great scenes. And I, and I, I thought this one scene I was thinking about, I thought was in anger management, but it was actually in, uh, deeds, but he is in both of those movies, so that he that was how both? we okay. ended up watching both of those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Mm. Plus, he's like he's in a bajillion like bit commercial part. Like he shows yeah. up everywhere now. He's 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 a meme. He's a meme of himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I love him. Yeah. Well, what are we drinking, boys? Well. 
I got I to gotta start this one. I'll go last. I got a lot to talk about. So Ethan, go first. Okay. <clears throat> I am having one that I can't remember if I had this one with Matt or not when we went to this brewery, but um, from Weldworks, which is one of my, not that I've had all of the great Colorado breweries yet, but um, so far Weldworks and Casey are my favorites, which Matt, I had another Casey bottle like a couple of weeks ago. Holy fuck. Everything I've tried like three or four from them now, and they're all just like stupendous. They they um, were the standard bearer. I'm telling you, like God, like I and I, and you know. By the way, this is not what I'm having tonight. I'll talk about that in a second. But um, I bought a couple bottles of the three Fontenen, uh, really really fancy, expensive ones, like the the highest ones for for New Year's for for us just to try them, and they were great. Right, they were delicious. We got the the framboos and the and the and the homage, and yep. they were both great. But I got to say, I liked the Casey just as much. Yeah, uh, so those are going to be more traditional lambics, and they're not uh, going to be as fruitful. They're still delicious, and they're yeah. those two especially, right? Uh, Frambooses, raspberry, and homages, cherry. I think they're, yeah, sour cherry, or maybe both might be sour cherry and raspberry on one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, one's raspberry, one might be a mix of two. Anyway, um, those are like the stand, like very, very, very highly regarded. But Casey's American Wild Ale style versions of them, I mean. They, they they pump them up with a little bit more fruit. Yeah. But they're very good. Like Casey's yeah. excellent. It was so good and not overly sweet. Any of them. Like mm-hmm. for me, it was like the perfect balance for my taste buds right now. Right. Of like, of the lip smacking sour and like a little bit of sweet. Like it was just amazing. Well, and that's, that's why I not, I don't want to sound like a pretentious beer asshole, but when people say they like sours, I'd always ask like, well, do you like, like sour sours? Do you like, like the slushy stuff? Cause there's right, a like difference. Sour. Yeah, um, like there's nothing wrong juice. with either of them, but the slushy ones are going to be really, really sweet. Actually. It's a yeah. sour brewed beer with a lot of sweeteners. Um, and it, it tastes more like a dessert versus a sour lip smacking sour, which you're going to get that funk and it's going to taste like, like, I mean, someone with a, like a, a wine drinker's palate's going to enjoy that a lot more. Yeah, my, my parents like the really sour sours, or at least they'll, they'll get more out of that because they can taste different stuff there. Mm, okay, um, yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle. I oddly enough like dry hop sours. <laughs> oh, is, you, which are if they're well done, they're they're very good. Um, Grim out of New York City did a um, pop series, pop with an exclamation point. Um, Citra pop, Nelsa pop, which was their dry hop sours, which were very good. Um, I just don't see them a lot more. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. Um, but tonight I am having um, Weldworks Extra Extra Juicy Bits, um, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a, another double IPA. It's really good. It's like other other half level, right? Like, I mean, it's it's in my opinion, it's it's really good. Speaking of other half, there we hey, go. Nice. There's the big Nectarone vibes. That was one of my favorites in that group. That was a really good one. Yeah, it's it's delicious. Um, I think you both rated it the same as me, 425 on Untapped. Uh, no notes. Other half is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my apologies because I wasn't able to get you any of that Hop Butcher beer, the double blazed <laughs> orange. Um, but I will keep my eye out for it if they have. Next, next time I'll just go ahead and buy, if I see any of their blazed orange, I'll just buy extras for you. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. But I am also enjoying Colorado beer. It's the same some from some, from some of the pictures I sent you earlier this week. My outer range haul, but oh, I right, have an interesting right. story. 
because um, I was enjoying my second one out of the pack earlier this week, and I went, that doesn't taste right. Like, like uh, Outer Range is way better than this. What's going on? Like, why does this not taste right? And then I looked down at the can and saw that it was a 14.9-ounce can. That was the first well, thing I noticed. Like, okay, that's not right. And that kind of set a bell off in the back of my mind. Because if you see a 14.9-ounce can or an 11.2-ounce can, that's an import beer. That okay. means it was most likely brewed in Canada or Europe, Europe, because that corresponds to 440 uh, milliliters or 330 milliliters for the 11.2-ounce, which is more along the sizes of the servings in Europe. Like, why the hell is does Outer Range have a... 14.9 ounce beer. Now, for I'm going to keep these backward, right? So you can see the difference in the height in these two beers, both from out of range. And so I looked around the back. And so this is out of range Colorado Rockies, which you can't really see in there. Son of a bitch, this is out of range French Alps. They opened oh. a second brewery in the French Alps. Hilarious. I had no freaking idea. So I started, like I went down like a rabbit hole. And not only that, they like like we don't want it just to be another burger and burger and beer bar, you know. They wanted to export the American brewery concept out overseas. But it's like a Nashville hot chicken restaurant with wow. like all these hazy IPAs they're brewing over in, in Europe. In um In the fucking Alps. Salanche, S A L L A N C H E S. I have no I almost took Spanish, not French. Salanche. Uh, France and the French Alps, which immediately I was like, "This now, like, yes, it doesn't taste as good as their American brewed stuff. It had to cross the ocean, plus water chemistry. There's going to be certain differences there that it's not going to be quite the same beer." But immediately I was like, went from being angry to like, "Oh, I want to visit that place now!" Like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that, that sounds great!" So the person uh, who sent me these sent me a thank you box because I run a beer Secret Santa every year. So this was a thank you for running Secret Santa. And she's a member at Outer Range um, and sent me a bunch of their regular beers and then two of their, one each of the two different styles from their European brewery. So it was an interesting surprise that I, she probably said it. I didn't pay attention, but um, I thought that was really cool. So this one tonight is Fresh Palette. It's from their French brewery as well. Again, I, I give it a three and a half maybe or a three and three quarters. Uh -huh. um, you can tell there's a little bit of a difference there. It doesn't. It's got, it's hard to describe other than a slightly oxidized, slightly sweeter flavor. So um, I have a question. So, so their, their brewery here in the States is in, is in Frisco, I believe, right? I yes. looked at, I looked at, so Frisco, Colorado, for those who don't know, is one of these like beautiful up in the mountain towns, like ski resort towns, like elevation, like 10,000 feet or more or whatever, right along it's in the same area with like Dillon and Breckenridge and, and um, Silverthorne, all those towns, right? Really, really beautiful, amazing place to be. Um, and now you're telling me they have a second location in the fucking French Alps. So what I want to know is who gave them their seed money that they were able to open locations in fucking Frisco and the Alps. Yeah. Jesus. Well, and that's, that's my thought is like, yeah, that like of all the places to pick to open a second brewery, like, Wow, you went for it! Like, holy yeah, cow, really. you went for it! Um, yeah, the Alps. That's, I mean, that's really exciting. I hope it does well over there. I hope that the the people over there, the Europeans, because uh, you're saying it's Nashville hot chicken, like American brewery concept. So, yeah, 
we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it does well. It's kind of cool. But yeah, the, the last time I was in um, Colorado for the Great American Beer Fest with, with my parents, actually, we went to Breckenridge, walked around a bit, went to a, a brewery in Breckenridge, and then on the way back, you drive through Frisco. I was like, we got to check out this place out of range I've heard of. You know, I'd heard of them once or twice. And, you know, we got a sampler and you just sit there and you look at like the mountains and it's like, Ooh. yeah, I mean, they just opened a Chipotle up next door. It's it's pretty much as close as you can get to heaven, you know, for me. <laughs> oh, um, man. Okay. I got to go. Yeah. We haven't now, had a chance you, to do you, much. You uh... Subtract Chipotle and add natural hot chicken. And if it's a halfway decent hot chicken sandwich, you got to be careful. I might move there. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That sounds uh, but that so was, good. So that was neat. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, quality I'd say isn't necessarily there. And again, there's, there's a lot of things that could, could be oxidation from the shipment. It could be, um, differences in water chemistry. It could be the differences in availability of raw materials. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Uh, it could be difference in tastes, right? They could be slightly catering this to what a European drinker may want. Um, but I thought that was really neat. Um, I don't know if I'll ever make it to that place in France, but it'd be fun to try it out if we ever do. So, yeah, nice. That's awesome. So I've got I've got that one, and then if I get through it, I've got one of the other ones from that pack too. So, sweet, sweet. So, um, what non beer stuff do we have on the docket for this evening? Anything? I had a couple. I've got one, so Matt, you can you can lead it off. All right, so I'll test your guys' monitoring of Yankees news so okay. far. Ugh. The Ugh. Yankees have signed one player this offseason. Who have they signed? Yeah, it was some. It was some guy. Uh, it's a minor league contract, wasn't nope, it? Nope, they have signed one player to a major league contract. Um, free agent? If, yeah, if you rank free agent spending uh, in 30th are the Padres at zero in 29th are the Marlins at zero in 28th are the Yankees at three quarters <laughs> of a million dollars for free agent spend this off season. I, I can't forget I, I can't remember the guy's name. I remember like seeing the notification but I don't remember his name Yeah, I, I do too but I... Cody Poteet Okay, is yeah Is the only free agent acquisition that we've made this offseason. He has appeared in a total of 19 games over two seasons. I think he might have been coming off of some sort of surgery. He's a, a, a righty from the Marlins. Okay. He's 29, yeah. <laughs> and he's got a whopping .3 war. Okay. It's been a weird offseason so far, I feel like. It's... it's I, I don't know. We'd, we'd have to, like, dig back... But it feels like a concerning trend, maybe not as concerning to the level of like the 1980s collusion that you know, ended up happening. But I mean, the fact that like Belly and you know Strowman and Be- and uh, Snell, uh, yeah, Snell and and you know all these uh, Monty, yeah, like all these After you know, the postseason he are, just had, yeah, and they're very serviceable. Some of them are. You know, Cy Young, even you know, level Still players signed on January 10th. I mean, yeah, pitchers and yeah. catchers are going to report in like a month or so, right? Right, right, yeah. And uh, I mean, I keep thinking about that uh, off season. What was it? The one leading into 2020 with Harper and Machado. Yeah. Was that the one where, where it was they, like super February? Yeah, yeah, and and everything. I don't remember if there was like 
a little bit more activity before that, you know, with some of the, but it, it just, it feels like something's off in the way that teams in, 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 I mean, I know what the, I know what the issue is. It's the luxury tax. What I'm trying to figure out is like, are owners purposely not spending? Oh, baby, <laughs> fries are back. Well, so so, Our... so what's the common thread between Bellinger, Monty, Snell, and Chapman? There's one common thread oh. there. You guys can guess. It's an easy one. They're all, they're all of interest to the Yankees. No. Um. They're all the same agent? Yes. Boris. Oh, yeah. are they all Boris, Boris guys? They're all oh. Scott Boris guys. So, of course, right? Of course he's going to draw that out. Like, and he's going to take any sniff of, like, I'm betting that's why we haven't heard any actual reports of the Yankees' interest in Monty, all speculation, because the Yankees are probably interested in him, but they probably don't want that yeah. out because Scott's just going to use that as a, a chip to drive the price up. Mm-hmm. Which is his job as an agent. I, I hate the guy. I shouldn't say hate. I dislike yeah, the guy nice. sometimes. But I mean, we still would rather the players get paid, right, yeah, than the owners. But it's so. his job, right? He's, but doing, I, I he's doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I yeah, that, and that's where, like, I don't know if the level of concern is the – because if I remember correctly, like, the collusion thing in the 80s, like, these players did not get signed. Like, they, they took, like, discounts to go back to – their original teams in some cases, you know, and things like that. I don't think that's going to be the outcome, you know, for, for, you know, all these players that we just mentioned, like Snell's definitely not going back to the Padres and, you know, Monty's likely not going back to the Rangers, et cetera, but it is still, you know, you're right, Matt, like that, that is a big reason for it, but it just seems still a little strange and at least a little concerning. You know when it when it all comes down to it. Now, now one thing to to note: there is one Scott Boris client who did sign so far this year, <laughs> Jung Hu Lee. So yep. he's the only Boris client that actually has signed. Wait, that uh, was, was that the big Korean guy who signed with the uh, Giants? Yeah, grandson of the wind. Oh, I didn't. Um, yeah, that's right. I didn't realize he was Boris. Okay, or son of the wind, or what? Yeah, he's Boris. Um, but yeah, to Colin's point, right? The other the other kind of big concerning thing is, um. Hardly any contracts longer than three years have been given out. Um, whether that's an agent thing or a guy's betting on himself thing, or like, but they're thinking Monty and and Bellinger maybe some of the only other ones to get contracts longer than three years. Um, Snell potentially as well. Um, now, actually, while we while we brought, bring up Snell, honestly, I, I hope I, I don't know if I'm all in on signing Snell. Um, I'm not. I don't right? want to. It. It's, it's weird because you say, well, he, he won the Cy Young twice. Yeah. And every other year he was kind of average. Mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's had an year A plus above 100 all but one year of his career. But so, Okay. So he's like, yeah. Okay. So he's like above average maybe in, in overall run run uh, prevention. But um, if you eliminate the year where his ERA plus was 182 and the year it was two, 217, then it's 113, 104, 103, 127, 92, and 112. Yeah, so, so he's like barely above average. Above average, you know, but but, but not by much. He's had and two I mean, spikes in like contract years. <laughs> so I like to look for like my most basic quick look for pitchers. You know, Joe Joe Paz has talked about how like if you look obviously like so the two most common websites for for like at, at this point right for looking up stats about baseball players, obviously Baseball Reference and then Fangraphs, right? Now Baseball Reference and Fangraphs 
their pitcher war can be pretty different. And um, I can't remember all the details, but I do remember that for fan graphs, it's very much based on only the things that the pitcher can control, which is to say strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Whereas baseball reference, I think, takes into account much more the defense behind them and sort of the luck of that a little bit, or, you know, they try to like calculate that. Anyways, I kind of like looking at fan graphs because I kind of want to know, you know, how well is the pitcher doing the things that, that he does actually control, right. The strikeouts, walks and, and, uh, and homers. And Mm -hmm. so I I will say looking at Snell since 2018, so let's, we can skip 2020 because that's a fake, a fake season, but since since 2018, his war on Fangraphs, 4.7, 2.7, 2.1, 3.6, 4.1. I mean, that's solid. That's solid. Like, I figure any year that's in the 3-4 range is, like, really solid. I just think he might be overrated because of the two Cy Young years. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'd be happy to have him on the staff overall. I just feel like because of the Cy Young and because he just won the second one and because of the timing... I feel like he might get like a really massive deal that is not going to like, I don't know if I see him being somebody like Garrett Cole. Like I see Cole, we'll see what happens. It could be spectacularly wrong, but I feel like Cole is going to be really solid for a really long time. And his massive contract will, will pay off. It will seem like a really great deal. I don't know if I see that for somebody like Snell. Yeah. Cole continues to get better. Yeah, Which and is, he's super durable. He's like the most durable pitcher in the in the big leagues for like the last five or five or so years. Yeah, um, one of them. I mean, he's he's like one of the few kind of not exactly old school um, uh, uh, horses, but but like because he doesn't throw like two hundred and fifty innings like somebody like Roy Halladay would have maybe. But like for this day and age, for like the late teens and early twenties of of the twenty first century, like he is one of the guys who actually does give you like innings. Um, yeah. And is like, and you know, has endurance and durability, and got to say, I I really like that. Yeah, it's 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 weird how much the pitching market has, you know, or how, how pitching metrics have changed. Yeah, but yeah, and it just just for comparison, right? So Cole also has all but one year above one hundred in his ERA plus, but it's like. 111, 99, 149, 107, 100, 144, 185, 151, 133. Yeah, yeah. He, he's up there. He's 30% above average yeah. for the last several years, at yeah. least, right? And and consistently there. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big Cole fan for sure. He's, he's definitely one of my current, one of my favorite Yankees of the current era, I would say. Ethan, did you say how old Snell is? Uh no, I don't actually know. He, I feel like he's twenty nine or thirty. Matt, do you have thirty one? Oh, is he already thirty one? Well, there you yeah. go. So that to me makes it even a worse deal if he gets yeah. like a really huge. I mean, who knows, right? But I imagine that he's probably looking for one of these deals similar to Cole. He's probably looking for like nine years and three hundred plus million. Would be my guess. Yeah, and I yeah. I think we'd be fools to give it to him. Like now, I again, think so, so too. Just so he's been through his first eight years. He's, for baseball reference, worth 21.1 war. Uh, the Which equivalent, is solid. Mm-hmm. And let me give me a second to do some adjustments here for Mr. Cole. But for through his first eight years, he's been worth 25. Was this on baseball reference war? Yeah, baseball yeah. reference. But also... 
you know, the last three years he's been worth an additional 16. <laughs> so yeah. I don't see Snell continuing to do that. Yeah. Here's a question yeah. though. And this is a little more philosophical and I don't think we've talked about this kind of idea in a while. We've probably talked about it before, but I think it's been a minute. <clears throat> Say the Yankees do sign Snell for a Cole like deal. Nine years, three hundred and twenty-four million. I think that was Cole's actual deal, right? Say they sign Snell for something in the ballpark of that. Maybe it's a you know plus minus a year or two and and a few million, right? But but in that in that same kind of uh, uh, vibe, right? What I want to know, I want to know what you guys think. Say uh, we signed him to that, and next year the Yankees stayed pretty healthy. Cole was really good. Snell was really good. Soto was awesome. Judge stayed healthy, yada, yada, yada. Snell doesn't necessarily win the Cy Young, but maybe he has a great year, and maybe he's amazing in the postseason, and we win the World Series. And then the whole rest of his contract, he's like <laughs> A.J. Burnett or something. He's like he's like average-ish, maybe below average, maybe some above average years, but he's really not very good at all. We're talking he's maybe like a one-to-two win player for the most part. Do you guys think that's worth it? If if he's like a huge reason that we win the World Series, like imagine that he is just lights out the entire postseason and was great in the regular season. And maybe even Cole maybe was not lights out in the postseason. Like maybe we rode Snell. Do you think that's worth it if the rest of the contract he's kind of meh? My, Matt, while you're thinking, my inclination is to say no. <clears throat> because what I would prefer is a like a five-year deal given his age and give him the same AAV at five years. Now, of course, he's a Boris agent. He's probably looking for a longer contract, et cetera, et cetera. So how likely is that? I don't know. That would be the best case scenario. But to Ethan, your scenario, my inclination is to say no, but I think if you really pushed me, I would say yes, because the similarity I'm thinking of is um, Snell, or uh, <laughs> um, not Snell, obviously that's who we're talking about. Uh, oh, what's, what's his fucking, fi- uh, Chris, uh, whoever got traded from Sale. the Red Sox. Sale, Sale, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that's a contract that the Red Sox, you could say, regretted. But... Look what he did in 2018. Look how instrumental he was. And they got that World Series. You know, so, and, and, and you know, like, yeah, they're still paying a little bit of his salary, but they dumped him. He's with the Braves now, you know, and everything. Like, you can, especially for lefties, I feel like there's there's always a market out there. And that's a similarity, you know, between the two. I feel like Snell's been a little bit more durable than Sale in in general. So, you know, maybe he's got that going for him, but I just, I think about like all the championship teams, like you don't need, and, and, and that's the thing too, like to your point, Matt, with Cole, like is if he keeps pitching, like he's been pitching, we don't even need Snell to pitch like Sale did. We just need him to be, to your point, Ethan, like a serviceable, you know, good enough pitcher and everything. Um, but I just keep thinking about like, like a Jimmy key is someone who keeps coming to mind where he was a big time pitcher coming off the free agent market in 92, 93, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever the Yankees signed him, like he was still throwing pretty hard. He was a lefty. And, you know, by the time 96 rolled around, he was on his last legs and, 
Um, I think he had had some kind of shoulder surgery or whatever. And, and, you know, they would just ask him to get five innings and, you know, hope, hope that he could get through five and whatever. And, um, you know, he did that and he helped them win the world series that year. So I think there's, there's a lot of ways it can go, but it's like, you just, you either have to be okay with selling out because that's ultimately what you're saying, right? Ethan, like you're selling out for 2024 because you've got Soto, you've got Judge and Cole in their prime, you've got Snell in his prime and everything. And it's like, let's go, let's go get it, win it now. We'll worry about eight years from now, eight years from now <laughs> and and take it from there. So I, I think like, yeah, that's my long way of saying if you push me, my inclination is to say no at first, but if you push me, I would say yes, do it a hundred times out of a hundred. I would say no. <laughs> I would say if he gave if he had a five year hundred fifty million contract, maybe. But I think your um, analogy to AJ Burnett's a really good one, right? He he was on a five year seventy five million dollar contract, right? Something like that. And after three years, we dumped him on the Pirates for a guy that never made it outside of high A ball, <laughs> and a guy that appeared in four games for 10 innings <laughs> with a 80 ERA plus and negative 0.1 war. Um, you know, we, we, we paid him to go away to the pirates, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. and even then right now, now the, the, the difference in the stories here is AJ Burnett was terrible in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he played one game. Uh, he, he, he was great in the ALDS. Against the Twins. Twins. Uh, and then against the Angels and the Phillies, he was terrible. Well, I'm just going to jump in really quick. He was te- – Ethan, you, you may not remember this, but I remember getting on the phone with you after the Yankees won the pennant. And I predicted that the Yankees would win in six games because I said Burnett will not win in Philadelphia. But I was like, I'm pretty sure he's going to win game two. Like I was looking up the matchups and and everything. I was like, I think he can get it done. Not only did he actually win game two and then he got crushed in game five, (laughs) uh, like I predicted, uh, which is probably where those bloated numbers come from. But game two was probably the most crucial game of that entire postseason because they lost game one, you know, to Lee and they, they were like lifeless, you know, against the defending world champions and everything. And Burnett gave them life again. So, like, yeah, Matt, I still, I get it. Like, yeah, we ended up dumping him three years later for nobody, but we don't win that World Series without AJ Burnett. That's, I, I think that's fact. It's not even opinion. I, I just think that's fact. All right. So the what box crazy score sentence. for that game: seven innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, two walks, nine strikeouts. That's a great performance in the World two. Series. Yeah, yeah. And that's fantastic that's in this two. day and age. Against that Phillies lineup. I mean, think about it. Uh, Rollins and Lee, like in their prime yeah. and stuff. Uh, uh, cousin who, cousin who Greg the, would probably be able to, to name it one through nine. Jimmy Rollins, us. Shane Victorino, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Jason Worth, Ra- Worth Raul Ibanez, yeah. fucking Matt Stairs. Matt Stairs. Pedro Solis and Carlos Reese. Oh, man. Professional hitter, Matt Stairs. This is Remember only when he hit that homer versus uh, the Dodgers in the play. I think it was maybe the next season. In the playoffs, he hit like a pinch hit bomb at Dodger Stadium. It was, uh, it was uh, may- maybe it was 2009 or maybe it was 2008. I can't remember. It sounds familiar. Uh, it was, 
Yeah. Played for 12 different teams between 1992 and 2011. Fucking Matt Stairs. Yeah. Started off with the Expos. Wow. Really? In 1992. I remember him with the Athletics. Yeah, five years with the A's was his longest stint anywhere. <laughs> Matt, I okay. feel like he's okay. a little bit of a a little bit of a doppelganger with you. Yeah, I was literally thinking the I'll same thing. I'll take that. It's like I think it's like the facial hair, but I also just looked him up again to see if I was remembering correctly. It's also like your overall. It's not just the facial hair; it's like shape your head, head structure. Yeah, yeah head shape. Yeah. You both have like these kind of you know, no offense, big blockheads. Yeah, and, no, uh, no, you're not. You're not. I, I have had a giant blockhead, and again, very, very square. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just lots of head. There. Like, like you know, Colin, hmm. your, your chin comes to a nice point. Ethan, you've got a more rounded head with a, like, you know, you've got a musician, you know, I'm sure trumpet, but all that stuff. Like <laughs> I have just a rectangle, <laughs> just a yeah. rectangle. Uh-huh. Exactly. And it's, it's a huge rectangle for those who haven't seen it in person. Like always got the extra large or extra, extra large hats. Oh man. Um, Hilarious. Uh, one of the, one just a little side story. I, I did a lot of weird studies in college just to make a couple extra bucks here and there. Um, you know, like, oh, we're going to put you in an MRI machine and, like, inject you with contrast eye and, like, f- just flex your calves. I'm like, okay, I'm like, cool. What, what, 50 bucks. Okay, cool. Like, but one of the ones that paid me a lot, paid me, like, 300 bucks because um, I had to spend, like, four hours in an MRI machine. But, like, they give you, like, I had to take an IQ test and they, like, fed me lunch where they watched me eat lunch. And they put me in an MRI machine, like, showed me pictures of, like, faces and then like cupcakes <laughs> and I had to like click buttons, but they were afterwards like, you have a very large brain. We, we like your, it's very nice and very large. So uh, they gave me a CD of my brain. I can like look at my brain. Now I just asked if there was like anything wrong. Like you didn't see any tumors there or anything. Right. Okay, good. Cool. So. That's hilarious. Um, very large yeah. brain. Yep. We knew that. Valid dick. Fuck. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, which that was actually the first time I'd taken an IQ test ever too which was kind of cool I, I said I did very well so yeah nice nice but it was like puzzles and shit and I love puzzles like yeah. like like not like the puzzles you like puzzles you put together are okay but like, but like logic puzzles and like how stuff fits together and folds like that's you know for the YouTube people who watch us you got some great content here uh huh uh huh very good <laughs> But yeah, Matt Stairs, 265 home runs, hit as high as as many as 38 in 1999 with the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, wow. boy. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. He, he was a big boy, too. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but in 1999, I mean. I just loved, I think it was Van Pelt, always like, professional hitter Matt Stairs. Like, like that's all he did. Like, oh, don't yes. ask him to put a glove on. Was he actually that good of a hitter, though? Like, what was his, uh, like, overall OPS plus, you know what I mean? 117. Oh, okay. You know what? That's like, yeah, that's really yeah. good. Lifetime yeah. 832 OPS. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Wow. That's very solid. So he walked a bunch. Yep. Yeah, he walked yeah, a bunch. Base. Yeah, 356 oh. on base. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Nice little career. Yeah. Matt Stairs. I, I, I can only, you know, Matt, it's funny. You said he played for 12 teams, and I'm looking at his baseball reference page. I can only picture him in an A's uniform. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you guys, but I like only picture him as an athletic. It's a it's a yeah. Ray or it's a Royals uniform for me. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Oh. But oddly enough, when so was he on the Royals? What he played for the Royals for three years. When uh, after days? Oh four, and then half of oh six. 
Oh, four hundred five, oh six. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, through his very long career, only made only nineteen million dollars. He was always. It seemed always like he was on a league minimum contract somewhere. Right, right. Money ball. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, uh, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get on this podcast. You might, you might get like a a five minute uh, fucking uh, tangent on on Matt Stairs, right? Like, where where else are you going to get this? Uh, yeah, or the- like borderline phrenology, like. Hmm. That that's the shape of your head. That's a very old debunk science for those who don't know. Okay, what I was going to just allow everyone to Google it, um, <laughs> including myself. Would the valedict um, let that happen? No, no. The valedict <laughs> would just assume that listeners don't know what phrenology is, even though most people probably do. I I didn't know. I mean, oh, you so, did? no. You know, I mean, I've heard like, the word, but I couldn't remember what it meant. Yeah, like old movies reference it, where like especially like. Like, you know, they take out, like, calipers. Like, oh, well, the shape of your forehead means that you're, like, you know, less intelligent. When really it was just a way to be, like, racist. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it makes me think of that Django Unchained scene. Did you guys see Django Unchained? Yes. When Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is, like, hammering that skull, and he's talking about, like, the shape of the skull, and yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 That is phrenology, except that, mm-hmm. yeah, they'd have, like, calipers. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Old racist white stuff. Yeah. White people yeah. are the worst. They are the worst. They are the worst. Yes. And British people too. I'm uh, uh, specifically, I'm reading this book. So I'm going to tell real quick because I was just thinking about this. Um, <clears throat> I'm reading this book of essays by this guy, John Green. If you guys have heard of Fault in Our Stars or Turtles All the Way Down, they're two of his best selling novels. They've also been made into movies. Um, so he's a really popular writer and he's a popular YouTuber. Um, I was introduced to him by Yulia. Um, he has this. Crash Course World History YouTube series where he does like 10 to 15 minute videos on a bunch of things from world history. And it's awesome. It's really funny. It's really engaging. It's really cool. Anyways, a couple of years ago, he wrote this collection of, of nonfiction essays. It's his, his first nonfiction book. And it's amazing so far. I'm loving it. And uh, what he does is he writes about a bunch of things and he reviews them. It's like a whole thing with a bunch of backstory that I don't need to go into. But Kentucky bluegrass, a.k.a. Poa pretensis, a.k.a. just regular fucking green grass that we all have in our lawns and everything. Um, The environmental impact of this grass is atrocious. It is a horrible thing. So those of you listening, all three and a half of our listeners, please consider, consider removing lawns and grass from your life. Grow plants that grow, you know, that have things that you can eat or let weeds grow or something. The amount of money that is spent to keep lawns like green and the amount of water that is used is insane. And it's purely ornamental. And it started with fucking rich British people in like the 17 or 1800s who used it as a symbol of their wealth, right? That they could afford to just have lawn that did nothing. And they could afford to have a gardener come over to their place and just make everything look all nice, nice, right? It was a symbol of wealth. And then it eventually like carried over here. And it's just like, and I get it. Like I grew up, my dad loves a good green lawn. I get it. But um, it's uh, the environmental impact is horrible. So excuse me for one moment. Why don't you just take a knife next time, Ethan? (laughs) 
Jesus. Okay. Yeah, continue, Ethan. Yeah, but aren't isn't the dirt from Scott's being used for other plants and stuff? Uh the the growing media side <laughs> of Scott's, yes, the the mulch in the soil. Scott's is one of the yeah. biggest recyclers of the in the whole country. Yeah. Like by by a long shot, by tonnage, by yardage. But we also make a lot of money off of grass seed and fertilizer and people who fertilize their lawns. And yeah, that, that's a problem, right? Like, um, Fair you know, enough. Americans are obsessed with having a nice green lawn and it's environmentally yeah. very poor. Um, but I will financially, say, like it's a big business. Like a lot of yeah. people make a lot of money from it. I will say though, because um, one of the bad things about the growing media side, we're a huge recycler, but potting mix is still um, a lot of sphagnum. And sphagnum is a, uh, Basically, you know, old peat moss is not, it's, it's old organic matter that's not quite old enough to be dirt. So that's very, very, it's not great to harvest all that either. Um, but so many people prefer that. So I, I will say kudos to the company for trying to get away from that, right? We're trying to yeah. use less and less and less peat moss every year, mainly because it's more and more expensive. But again, that's like, there's a societal cost to that. And to recognize the societal cost, the Canadian government is limiting how much you can harvest. Kind of how governments and taxes and anyway, don't right, need to go into that right. right now. So yeah. we're you know making sub using substitutes instead, right? You can use recycled coconut husk. You can use processed wood fiber, which is wood chips that's processed into a fibrous material, to try and replace that and still achieve the same thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah I just didn't realize like the so this guy John Green wrote an essay about this. I don't know if I actually said that or if I just skipped that segue, but um, um, like. It, it was just insane. And the amount of water we use and it's like clean treated drinking water that is generally being used as well. Right. And, and water, despite what we think growing up like in America in the 21st century, right? Like water is not an infinite resource and chances are in our lifetime, things w- with water are going to get like pretty hairy. Nope. Um, hmm? Nope. We're going to perfect nuclear fusion and we're going to have enough energy forever to run desalinization plants to have clean water forever i mean that would be never mind the problems with salt brine or the fact that we've been saying we can make nuclear fusion work for the last 75 years we are getting closer (laughs) but we've been getting closer for 75 years anyway sorry yeah yeah. that is actually um to, to tangent off of ethan's tangent you know if fusion ever works, imagine being able to turn Nevada, Arizona into cropland, right? Like you could you could have that much water if it works, right? <laughs> it's just it's dangerous to just be. I mean, I know we have been very lucky as as a species uh, for the last couple hundred years to be like relying on the miracles of of science, right? But it's a pretty risky strategy for the future to just be like. Eh, the scientists are going to figure it out, right? Like, you know, I mean, chances are at some point, something like what you're talking about, Matt, like I wouldn't be surprised if that is achieved at some point, but it, it might it might not happen for like a few hundred years. And in a few hundred years, what's going to be left to save? It, it depends on it depends on so many other things, right? So look at, look at Ethan. He moves to the Colorado <laughs> River Basin and suddenly... <laughs> Cares about water. Uh huh. That's right. It is exactly. Right? It is, but, but, I mean, that's west, big, where there's droughts and wildfires. Yeah. That's a big point, right? Like that is a very important yeah. thing, right? Like yeah. In the Great Lakes, 
we don't think about it. It's still a problem for us, even though we have all the water we want. Yeah. Um, right. You know, it, and there's a cost to everything, right? The whole reason that Micron plant wants to be built in Syracuse is because they have access to lots and lots of fresh water. Like that oh, Micron really? plant is going to use more water than all of Onondaga County. Like, Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So that, that goes into microchips, which go into phones. Like it, it, it's everywhere, right? We need, we need to solve these problems everywhere. Um, and it shouldn't take a fusion type breakthrough to have enough energy to run desalinization plants so we can use ocean water to make fresh water that we can like it, we shouldn't need to do that but uh we're not changing anytime soon unfortunately also you need lots of water to make beer and i don't want that to change <laughs> the end um <laughs> So sorry, I was. I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is like a tree branch of tangents right now. So yeah, no, I just like randomly, Matt, when you said white people were the worst, because Yuli and I were just talking about this on our run. We were talking about like the grass thing because it was on my mind because I just read the essay. So you said white people the, were the worst, and I was like, oh yeah, British people are the worst. And then so yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, I don't know how much time we have left. I do want to congratulate um, the Michigan Wolverines on their national championship in football. <laughs> Colin, any comment? Do you want to also extend your congratulations to them? It's been it's been a long time. They haven't won since 1997. Yeah, they haven't won outright since like 1940 something. <laughs> now, is Jim Harbaugh going to take that 125 million deal where he's not allowed to go to the NFL, or is he just going to go back to the NFL? But that's just I think one one season. He's not allowed to go to the NFL. Oh, is that all it is? I thought it was like a guarantee, I, like you're not allowed to go to the NFL for all 10 years or whatever. I, I, I doubt anyone would ever sign a contract like that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just dumb. No. Yeah. And there's, there's, I, there's legal things that say that that can exist either. But, I didn't realize that. I mean, no Ethan, what, what really we need to get at is if, if they want to win a national championship, Penn State needs to sign high quality coaches like Connor Stallions. Who is that guy? The guy who stole all the signs from the Michigan. Oh, that guy from Michigan? <laughs> you, you need high-quality coaches like that, really. That's you right. You do. Coach. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's pretty Well, there, there's two sides to, to all of this. The one side is this played out exactly like I said it would on the pod back in December. I said this is Michigan's title to lose, and they went out and did it. The other side is I just, I just don't understand the inevitable day that comes when the NCAA comes with their, their punishment. And it's like, we allowed Michigan to continue to compete, even though like it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, in all the, all the things that have happened in the NCAA and all the years that in just the years that we've been alive in the 34, almost, almost 34 years or almost 35 years that we've been alive. Like, it just seems a little wild that there's almost that inevitability that there's going to be, I mean, it's already tainted. Um, yeah. I think it's tainted for a lot of people right now already, but like when that ruling comes down, it, it's going to either, they're going to be like, we vacate these wins or, you know, what, whatever it is. And it's like, well, why did, why did you even allow them? Yeah. But to isn't do that kind of the story everywhere? Like, 
Alapari has a great year somewhere, and then like up oh, two years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops, he, he was doing shitty, but he's left already. Like Tudelu by, you know, right. Urban Meyer. Like oh, he had yep. a great year in Ohio, oh, but he did all this shitty stuff. Okay, see ya. Yeah. Uh, Jim yeah. Jim Trust to a lesser extent, right? Same thing. Like, like, but yeah. Urban Urban, I mean, Urban had stuff following him from Utah and from Florida, right? So it's Florida. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. the problem is. The schools that are okay with that. Michigan's gonna. Michigan doesn't yep. care, right? They don't care if the wins I mean, are. Think about vacated. how much money. Think about how much money they right. make from that. Fucking yeah, exactly. Football they don't care if the wins are vacated because yep. they're going to always say that they're the national championships as many ways as they can. National championships, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. I will. I will draw a difference, though. Right? Like, I, I will just point out to Collins' benefit. Like that. That's not what happened in Penn State. You know, and if if you if you follow the saga enough, you know it it was a whole different scenario to begin with. But right, like yeah. there was at least some semblance of a little bit of integrity there, even though things should have been done differently. But oh yeah, like for sure, at least it wasn't chasing wins. I guess is what I'm getting yeah. at. Oh. But but a lot of people will tell you that it was. No, it wasn't like a recruiting violation or a cheating scandal. Right, it right, was yeah. just a ethical monstrosity with mm-hmm. a couple people. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was supposed to be affirmative for you. Sorry, it's just still, still <laughs> negative anyway. But um, No, no. But I, I'm glad we took it to college football because my topic, what, I don't even know if you guys saw this because uh, it happened fairly recently, and I know you're not um, huge college football fans, but the GOAT, Announced his retirement. I did see this. I saw this just just Ooh. like an hour ago, like on my way home. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Wow. Yep. You want to? You want to hear? Okay. I screenshot this because this is. I I just don't know if we're ever going to see this like, again. I, I I I would be shocked. Like at the Alabama level, like maybe you know lower levels or, or something like that. But when Saban took over, so from two thousand eight until two thousand twenty three. His record is 199 in 16. <laughs> they had 16 losses oh since he my took over. God, yeah. I, I, it's unbelievable. I, I almost like didn't believe it. <laughs> like that, uh, I, I, just very strange that he won't be, you know, part of the sport. 199 and 16. Holy fuck. At Alabama. So that doesn't even count his time at LSU, Michigan State, Tulsa, wherever else. Um, Matt, am, I doing, am I doing the math correctly? Is that a 925 winning percentage? Maybe. I, I did I did 199 divided into 215. Yeah. Yeah. It averages out to 12 wins a year. There's 12 regular season games. Yeah. So he was basically going season. like 12 and 0 or 12 and 1 or 11 and 1 or 13 and 0 like every fucking year. You you, yeah. you forgot to you, you needed to say former Syracuse football coach Nick Saban retired. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When was he involved with Syracuse? I didn't actually know this. 1977. He was an outside linebackers yeah. coach. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Which you, you can dig through anyone's coaching resume and see a stint somewhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd look that up and thought that was kind of funny. Um, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. To me, though, and, and he is a great coach. Um, 
I, but the way this the stuff played out with Miami, the Dolphins will always taint him, right? Because um, yeah. I can just imagine him talking in the locker room to his players wherever he is about doing the right thing and about having integrity and hard work. And the fact that he yep. walked away from the team because he was not being successful, not even at the end of the season, halfway through the season, partway through the yep. season, will always taint that for me. And the, the same thing, like, I remember that. especially after he, he exited LSU after all the success he had there and then fucking blew up in, uh, in Miami. That, to me, will always, like, I don't know. That, to me, is everyone's going to blemish. And he is a great coach. Yeah. He's one of the best all time. Um, yeah. Is he a Bo Schembechler or whatever? Is he a He's Joe Paterno? You know, even better than Joe. Yeah, even better. Did he benefit from a a, a lax school that would allow him to pretty much do anything? And yeah, like, yeah. like he's yeah. not gonna he's not gonna get away out of Penn State with what he got away with at Alabama because their priorities are different. Yeah, but well, and I mean, you're right. It's definitely a black eye. The whole Miami, and I think Matt, actually, you talked about this on a pod, like. I don't know, a year ago or something where instead of taking Drew Brees, he took Dante Culpepper <laughs> in the uh in the one draft that he had with the Dolphins, you know, and everything. So um, you know, there there's a lot to be said about that. But I do think like similar to the way we've talked about A Rod on this podcast, Saban was never as polarizing as A Rod was. But I think he did do a fine job of re read Hilibitating, is that how you say it? Rehabilitating. Yeah, uh, his uh, his image, you know, during his time, and and obviously the winning, you know, was the main catalyst but, for that. And you're but, right, right. You, there is nothing wrong with being a great college coach and a terrible NFL coach, right? right like right. there's nothing I mean, there's wrong. Been with a bunch that. of people, I feel like, who have done that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, few just, can do you, both. You wish he would have handled it yeah. differently. That that's the only thing. Like you, the way he left out, like Matt said, he kind of bolted out of LSU, you know, took, cause he wanted, you know, the big glorious money and the NFL and, and everything. And then like, unlike urban Meyer, who was kind of like, let me flounder in this as long as I can at Jacksonville. He was like, get me the fuck out of Miami and back to college. Like as soon as I can, yeah. cause it wasn't what he wanted. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people who think that he had signed a contract long before he even told people that he was leaving Miami and it was a whole, you know, just, and, and you know, timing had to be right. The, my, there, the, uh, Alabama job was open, yep. you know, whatever. So it all worked out, but I mean, it, it's, it's not a good part of his life, but I do think like what he's done, you know, since then and the way that the, the people he's influenced and, you know, outside of the winning, like, the, the jobs that he's given people, the way he's been able to help people who like Sark, for example, you know, him getting to the final four this year with Texas and, you know, seeing how far he dropped when he was with USC and his drinking problems and everything like that comes to Alabama as an analyst, you know, kind of regains control of his life, not just of his career, but his life, you know, and then he gets a second shot. He ends up at Texas and they're in the playoff this year. You know, I think it's his second season coaching there. And there's a, countless examples of people that Saban gave opportunities 
you know, to, to coach. And, and those are the only ones that we know of, right. We don't know, you know, little things that happen here and there and how they contribute to the community and whatever. I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they do. I don't think you can be somewhere that long and not be intertwined with a, a small college community like uh, Tuscaloosa is, but um, yeah, it's uh, I, I see James Franklin's name floated around. I, I, I doubt he would be the one out of all the college coaches to be chosen, but um, I, I think uh, the Oregon coach uh, is is number one right now. I forget his name off the top of my head. Dabo Sweeney um, is is another big one and doesn't have a big buyout uh, and everything. So I imagine this is going to get done pretty quickly, um, only because so the portal had closed for undergraduate students uh, back on the second of January, I believe, and then it was open an additional five days for any teams that like Michigan and Washington, the portal's open right now because they just finished on Monday. Um, Alabama's portal just opened up because of Saban retiring for 30 days. So if Alabama wants to keep, <laughs> you know, the, some of the players, I mean, there's, there's probably going to be attrition no matter what. Right. Um, but if they want to keep some of those big time recruits that Saban brought in, um, it's likely they're going to want to move quickly because they want to get it within that 30 day window and not risk losing you know, some of their best. Yeah. They, they've already like, lost the number nine overall fruit in the country. Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah. So there, there's a lot. And, and I think those are the things from what I've heard, and I'm sure there's going to be more coming out in the coming days that Saban's, it's not like he's a young you know, guy anymore or whatever, but I don't think he's like super old either. 72, I think he's in the 70, 72, 70s. Yeah. 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 Early seventies. Um, but 74. I think it's some of the, some of the new things about the college football landscape that haven't really sat well with him that pushed him out maybe a little bit sooner than he would have not saying he would have, you know, basically died on the field like Joe Paterno did, but I think he maybe would have you know, gone a couple more seasons or, or whatnot, but right. just because we're talking yeah. college football coaches and Joe Paterno, I just want to tell everyone again to go watch the big 10 commercial from like 15 years ago. <laughs> where they have all the coaches on there and you just see at the end Joe Paterno go, come on the page, Jay! Like you squeeze on a turd and it's it's like the most endearing but also comically funny thing. Like, come on the page, Jay! I forgot about that. Oh, man, thank you for reminding uh, us. I will yeah, always no, laugh that at good. that. Shout yeah. out to Matt C. Miller for just like, uh, walking by my room and shouting it at me in Cleveland when I lived yeah. up there. Amazing. You know that, and that, the funny thing about that is, by that point in his career, that was probably the biggest recruiting pitch that he <laughs> that he personally made, because <laughs> he wasn't going to people's houses anymore and you know doing all that. That was all the assistance. So. <laughs> uh, too good. Yeah. All right, boys. <laughs> well, we've gone an hour, over an hour, and Ethan's got a little. I don't know, whatever you want to call it to get to. An event, a date, a thing. An event. A thing. Yeah, yeah, a thing. Yeah. Yeah, a thing with himself that he can't cancel again. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, any shout-outs, boys? Shout-out to the ghost of Joe Paterno. I just watched a two-second clip of that. And I'm going to be smiling for the next couple hours. So <laughs> Just because of that. Well worth it, two seconds. Thank you, Joe Paterno. <laughs> Um, Anything from you, Ethan? 
Um, shout out uh, to um, to my students. Uh, the next time we do a podcast, I will have uh, started teaching my first ever college course. My first class is on Tuesday. And, uh, and, uh, I think there's like, I haven't checked the, the current numbers, the current registration numbers, but as a general rule, the class is around 200 students and, uh, yep. Yep. So, so I'll shout out those 200 students and, uh, and I hope they're ready for long nerdy Jewish monologues. Um, uh, (laughs) prospective students, you should tell them that you listen to the podcast. And you want extra credit. Yeah, get bonus. That's right. Bonus points. Bonus points for listening to the pod. It has nothing to do with music or appreciating it, but you'll get bonus points anyways. You know what you could do, Ethan? And this could help drive our viewership or our listening ship, if that's a word, is um, I know they do this for Yankee games on the radio. They have like, um, it's like the moment of the game. So like on the post game, um, post game, whatever show, they'll go through the highlights and they'll say, "Okay, coming up is the post game, and and on the on the fan the next morning, like you have to call in and say, like, okay, what what was the moment of the game or whatever? So you could be like, all right, what was the moment of the podcast? You know, we could recap uh-huh. the podcast, and and they would have to listen, and we wouldn't necessarily do it at the end all the time, so they couldn't like fast forward, like they would actually have to listen to you know figure <laughs> out when we insert it, and then you could be like, yeah, you get like." You know, uh, uh, an A on your next no, paper, no like, matter what. Like you know, five extra it. points, like nothing, uh-huh. like nothing, yeah. nothing material, but but enough that they'd go for it. Right. Yeah. Oh man, hilarious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Game in the system. Yeah. All right, boys. We are. Ugh.